So we are back in our studies in the book of Romans, this time in chapter 5, continuing at verse 6 down through verse 11. Romans 5, 6 through 11. Today, we'll come again to see the lost condition of the sinner and therefore the need of the gospel. And God's love toward us manifested by the death of his only begotten son. Sin is always a sad and sorry situation, but we do rejoice that God's grace responded to our need and that the apostles have revealed how we access that grace to be saved and how we can live in God's grace daily. Listen, please. Romans 5, 6 through 11. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore... We have now been justified by his blood. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Sin is the problem. God, by His grace, has provided one solution, being reconciled through the one mediator, Jesus Christ, who died for us. While we were still weak, Christ died for the ungodly. The sinner, the person who lives his or her life without regard to God, may think he or she is strong and vibrant and alive and successful. I believe many people who have little or no thought of serving God consider themselves to be strong and alive and doing quite well. Without intimate knowledge of God and without conviction of sin, without relationship with Christ. People may think everything is okay. In reality, <coughs> sinners are without strength and ungodly, weak, even though in the world's eyes it may seem they are strong and successful. There is not anything about sin that ever makes you strong. There is not anything about sin that ever makes you strong. There is not anything about disobedience to God that helps you, strengthens you, or enlightens you in any way. When Christ came and died for the ungodly, every sinner was without strength. This emphasizes that we cannot fix our problem by ourselves without God, without the gospel. In sin, 
We are utterly weak. We are needy. There is never any good strength acquired through sin until the sinner turns in faith and penitence to Christ to obey him and then post-obedience, actually in the obedience and after that obedience and as that obedience continues, there is strength. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Sinners were weak and dead and wasting their lives away. God had the timing just right to send Christ to die for them and for us. The next part of this has great value in helping us with a richer understanding of what Christ did for us when he died on the cross. I want you to listen carefully now to verses 7 and 8. Verses 7 and 8 in Romans 5. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There are two levels to this illustration. One, sometimes we hear about someone dying for a righteous person. Rarely we hear about someone dying for just a good person. Jesus died for sinners. There is a paraphrase, not a literal or dynamic translation, but a paraphrase by Eugene Peterson that I think captures this well, though it is a paraphrase. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. And we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to him. So the effect of this is to stress God's grace. We as sinners, whether us or sinners at the time Christ died, we as sinners do not merit or earn such benevolent consideration. God is not in debt to us. It is not like Christ died to to save people who were so good, sinners. Christ died for sinners. What response should this truth provoke in us? Gratitude, reverence, obedience, humility. Christ died for sinners, undeserving sinners. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Verse 9, much more than Having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Those who become, by the activity of faith, justified by his blood, are not only justified by his blood in the present, but much more, they are saved from wrath in the day of wrath. Remember from back in chapter 4 that law brings wrath not because of the lawgiver, but because of the violators, the law keepers who become 
sinners, violators. The penalty is wrath. But when a sinner receives the gift of salvation by Christ through the activity of faith, the good effect is to be saved in the present and to be saved from wrath in the day of wrath. That means justified by Christ. We don't get what we deserve. We can be justified by Christ, by faith. In the New English Testament, verse 9, much more than because we have now been declared righteous by his blood, we will be saved through him from God's wrath. Wrath is what every sinner deserves. But God's love and grace provides, through Christ, pardon. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Romans 5, 10 and 11. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Much more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Look at that word in verse 10, enemies. When we live a life of disobedience to God as sinners, we are enemies. We are at enmity with God. We're living opposite what he wants. <clears throat> but believing and obeying Christ, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Then this phrase, saved by his life. His blood has redemptive value because of his life. Let's understand the shedding of his blood was the giving of his life. So let's summarize Romans 5, 1 through 11. Justified people, Christians, have peace, access, joy, suffering, hope. In our suffering, we rejoice because character can be developed. God's love was demonstrated in the death of Christ, so we now have been justified by his blood, and we shall be saved from God's wrath through him in the day of wrath. And that should generate responses of humility and gratitude and obedience that continues. Reconciliation is a personal relationship you decide to enter into. It's not a unilateral action on the part of God alone. God has made it possible for sinners to be reconciled to him through Christ. Sinners must decide if they want that and then obey the gospel to have it. I'll be back in just a minute. Now let's take what we've studied and move in a very practical direction. God's love was demonstrated, activated. I think it is enlightening to bring up, if God had just loved us, but done nothing, we would remain in our lost condition. 
It wasn't just love. It was love activated, love demonstrated, love that sent Christ to die. That tells us a lot about God, but it also instructs us about how love should find good expression with us. We are recipients of God's love. We should then be givers of God's love in ways that are active. Love demonstrated, activated. Then look back at that phrase in verse 9, saved from wrath. Lawbreakers, sinners against God, deserve wrath. But because of God's grace, we don't have to get what we deserve. Every time you read about the punishment of sin, every time you come to a passage in the Bible about hell, reflect with gratitude that because of God's grace, you can escape that wrath simply by hearing, believing, and obeying the gospel of Christ. At the cost of His blood, we sinners are able to escape punishment. So, Rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's reason to rejoice. We are recipients of an abundance of grace. That's going to be argued down in verse 17. When God addresses a problem, He doesn't just provide some minimal solution. God doesn't just do enough to solve a problem. He is abundant in His provisions and solutions for us. God is concerned not just with getting us out of trouble. He wants us to live full lives in fellowship with Him so that grace reigns in our lives through righteousness to eternal life. Our response to all of this we've studied should be reverence, gratitude, obedience, diligence, growth, praise, and evangelism. Thank you for listening.